Welcome back. We are called by God to love Him, to obey Him, to live in reverence and obedience to Almighty God under His sovereign love, sovereign grace, under His sovereignty, the divine providence of God that leads us from one point to another, His divine hand that plans everything. God knows us, God loves us. That is why we fear Him. That is why we serve Him. He has called us by His grace through the cross that we may leave behind the old man and embrace the new man, Christ Jesus offering a new way. We're going to be looking at the first psalm, the rest of the first psalm, and expound on scripture, on the sovereignty of God in the psalm. The title of today's segment is We Cannot Be the Same. God bless you. Perhaps first we should again read the first psalm, Psalm 1. I will be reading from the King James Version, from the first verse to the last verse. Um, It reads as follows, Psalm 1, the righteous and the wicked contrasted. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree, planted or transplanted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit, in his season, his leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. In the last episode or the last segment, we made uh, clear a few points of action that we find in the first psalm. We're expounding on the first psalm. We're reading, we're digesting, we're dissecting the entire psalm as much as we can through the prism of God's sovereignty. First and foremost is the divine nature of God in contrast to the sinful nature of man. That's that's what we saw, that's what we see. It's the divine nature of God in contrast to the sinful nature of man and how God is in his divine mercy, 
has revealed the gospel of salvation to us, that we may be saved. God in his sovereignty, God in his majesty, reveals that we have no other life than to come to him, that we are in our natural sense, in our flesh, we are sinful by nature. Therefore, we see from Scripture that this divine revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ to us is life and is life-changing. But is through God's divine providence through God's divine sovereignty. Romans 9.16 says, It does not therefore depend on man's desire or effort, but on God's mercy. Verse 18 of the same chapter, Romans chapter 9, Therefore God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens on whom he wants to harden. God is sovereign. And once we know him. And once we come to know him. It is impossible for us to remain the same. For those who know God. In their natural sense. In their flesh. Man in his natural and flesh. And man in his in his in his in his natural sense forgive me for repeating myself so much on that point man in his self rejects god those who know him still rejected him romans chapter 1 verse 21 says because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful because, but because of their vain and imaginations and their foolish hearts. The revelation of Jesus Christ as the son of the living God the revelation of the cross, the revelation of salvation, of the gospel of Jesus Christ to others is foolishness. It is veiled. It is not revealed. In Second Corinthians um, chapter 4, if I'm not mistaken. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this age, world, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So that's the summary of the first point we see of God's sovereignty, God's divine majesty, God's providence, God himself and his mercy 
revealed to man. First, that man sees that he in himself is unable to save himself, that him, he is sinful, and that he needs God. Second, that God is holy, that God is righteous, that God is perfect, and that he needs salvation. The second feature of what we shared on last week, the previous week, is that of the intentional person, the intentional man, who once this gospel has been revealed to, elects, chooses, elects to live a holy, transparent, obedient, repetitive life as a perfect image of who Christ is. A person who lives, who elects to live a holy and transparent, obedient and is repetitive in that nature, is living a Christian life. Which leads us to the topic of today's segment. We cannot be the same. Once we have a genuine and true encounter with God, it is impossible for one to remain the same. Once we, have tru- once we have been truly saved, once we have truly met God, we cannot live a life that is contrary to Scripture, contrary to the Word of God. If we are truly saved, we cannot go back to the life that was, a life that contradicts God, Then, when we feel like it, we are judged, we through, we we feel judged, and throw the word grace around. The life that I lead before God should be the life that I lead before man. If I were to be cut in half, if my life were to be cut in half, if the testimony of my life were to be cut in half, at the point of converging, these two parts should not diverge. The first psalm, the second verse says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, And his law doth he meditate day and night. This is an intentional person, person. This is a person who seeks God, who wants to seek God, who wants to go in depth and seek his face, seek the word of God, seek God himself, and grow in knowing God. And not just wizardly or rather, Uh, wishy-washy and um, uh, coincidentally or, or unintentionally finds God, but intentionally seeks God. And when he seeks God, he cannot have enough of God. We cannot be the same. <laughs> Amen. We cannot be the same. We are truly absorbed and changed by his divine nature. 
His love changes us. We cannot remain the same. It is impossible for one who has met God to remain the same. Once this revelation of Jesus Christ has been revealed and shines on you, it shines on you indeed. In his light, we see light. In his light, we see light. We'll be back right now. Welcome back. As we continue to expound on the first psalm, Psalm 1, on the sovereignty of God, the love of God, and on today's segment, that we cannot be the same. What we also find is that our God is no fool. The, the, the sixth verse says, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. We cannot fool God. As much as we can fool ourselves, as much as I can fool you, God cannot be fooled. The revelation of Jesus Christ the revelation of the gospel cannot allow one to continue to perpetuate in the same faculties as he has before. It is an insult to God and his grace. Therefore, it is impossible for us to, to remain the same. It is impossible for us to perpetuate, to continue in a sinful life and still confess that we are Christians. Our justification, or rather the justification of sin, is a rigorous justification through the blood of Jesus that does the work. It convicts us to see our sinful self and our need for salvation. Therefore, we cannot remain the same as before. That we are called to live a holy and acceptable life that pleases God. A life that pleases God indeed. A life that is pleasing to Him, both in life and in nature. A life that says to me as much as it says to God that this is indeed a righteous man. The righteous and the wicked are contrasted in this first psalm. The righteous is called to God to fear him, to love him, to serve him, to be under his yoke, to follow him even unto death. And so, by living a transparent, a, an obedient life, by living a true Christian life, we are not insulting God 
we are revealing his grace and his love to the world. I'm going to be quoting some some ex- extracts from a book called The Cost of Discipleship by Diedrich bon- Bonhoeffer. Diedrich Bonhoeffer, The Cost of Discipleship, where he contrasts between cheap grace and costly grace. And we can expound on that, pray together and 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 move on. He says, cheap grace means the justification of sin without the justification of the sinner. Grace alone does everything, they say. And so everything can remain as it was before. Well, then, let the Christian live like the rest of the world. Let him model himself on the world's standards in every sphere of life and not presumptuously aspire to live a different life under the grace from his old life under sin. The contrast, therefore, is is costly grace. And he says, costly grace is the gospel which must be sought again and again, the gift which must be asked for, the door at which a man must knock. Such grace is costly because it calls us to follow and it is grace because it calls us to follow Jesus Christ. It is costly because it costs a man his life and it is grace because it gives a man the only true life. It is costly because it condemns sin, the grace and grace because it justifies the sinner. Above all, it is costly because it cost God the son, the life of his son. Beg your pardon. Ye were bought at a price. And what has cost God much cannot be cheap for us. Above all, it is grace because God did not reckon his son to dear a price to to pay for our life, but delivered him up for us. Costly grace is the incarnation of God. And so what we see from this, this wonderful author is is exactly this we cannot be the same that the christian who has met this costly grace cannot model his life on the world standard he cannot he cannot continue in the same old way if it is indeed costly grace that has called this man to live a righteous life, it will call him to aspire to live a different life, 
to live a holy and acceptable life, a pleasing life before God. We cannot remain the same in this world of selfish ambition, a world of self-centeredness, in this world of satanic spirit, in this last age, God calls us yet again to live a different life, a holy life, under his sovereignty, under his love, under his guidance, to live a life that is acceptable to him, a broken life, broken for God himself and not for us. In a world where the truth is perverted, the truth is sealed, God calls us, God calls the elect to live a righteous life, a holy life. We cannot resist God. If you truly have met him, you cannot resist his love. If you truly have met him, you cannot resist his holiness. We want to be like him. And when he appears, we shall be like him. In his light, we see light. May God continue to help us to live this righteous and holy life as we see his love, his grace, his mercy move us from one glory to the next. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise your holy name. We bless it for it is a name that has allowed us to live a loving an enduring life, a Christian holy life, under the spectrum of your sovereignty, that we may be like the highways of Zion. And so we pray in the name of Jesus that this word may be living to us, that we may aspire to seek you, that we may be this man we find in the first psalm, this blessed man, and that we might reap the blessings of living under your sovereignty, of living a righteous life, a holy life, a transparent and a life of integrity. We pray in the name of Jesus that you might help us through your love and grace Amen.